0: Oh, so you like listening to podcasts, huh? Well, so do a lot of people. As a matter of fact, millions of listeners are tuning into podcasts every week, and your next customer could be one of them. Did you know that podcast advertising is one of the most effective ways to advertise your product or service? And it's really easy to get started. Just go to podbean.com slash brands. That's podbea dot com slash brands to start boosting your business with podcast advertising today.
1: Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to Pure Hustle Podcast. Yes, thank you so much. We do have a request though, before we get started, if you have found our content to be entertaining or helpful, would you consider leaving us a review on iTunes? Those five-star reviews really help to make sure that our content gets out there and that our show continues to grow. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Rolando, and we are on episode 367,
2: a themed episode. Yeah,
1: 367 episodes in, and this episode is going to be titled something to the effect of things that we don't believe anymore uh, in regards to our reselling. And it kind of goes to show that our our focus on our podcast is to always be real and to be relevant. So uh, we've we've changed, reselling has changed, and so we kind of want to just look back at some of the things maybe we've talked about before. Things we've kind of thought in the past and ways we've adapted, uh, and maybe ways that that even Orlando and I are different on some things. So we're going to be talking about things that that maybe we've talked about in the po- podcast in the past. So some of you uh, have been listening since day one and you've grown with us. So you're right there. Some of you might have binged. Like I can imagine if you've been binging episodes from from the beginning, uh, stuff in episode like sixty seven might not be as relevant as stuff in episode three hundred sixty seven are. Opinions might have changed the reselling landscape may have changed, and some stuff is gonna be tried and true and won't change at all. So today we're gonna to be talking about those things um and kind of just looking through some of the the things you have here, Orlando, I think i, I might have some disagreements with you, so we will see how what's, this uh, what's new what's how we new? come on how we uh parse these out? <laughs> you know, but I appreciate that because
2: again, we've always said we're not gurus, we're not experts. uh I just observe things and I'm like, yeah i don't I don't know about that anymore now, there is a part of me. That does feel a responsibility since you know I've been reselling for 10 years, since we have a podcast, since thousands of people listen to the podcast to kind of like take apart some of the things that are said out there uh, that aren't true. And I'll never say which ones I 100 percent believe are not true. I, well, no, there's a few, there's a few. But I, fi- I find that right now there's a lot of misinformation in reselling. I think a lot of it is coming through from people that are just trying to get clicks, people that are trying to get get a following on social media. Uh, A lot of YouTubers back in the day when they first started, like back in in reselling in 2014, 2015, it was mainly like documenting. You didn't have people that were speaking on authority saying, if you want to, you know, be successful at eBay, this is what you need to do. That's that happened once the Amazon gurus jumped on board on YouTube and so kind of want to discuss some of these. Uh, and I, I, you know, it's good. It's good for you to challenge me on, on some of these. And I know you agree on some of these. So, um, so what about this one? So this is one that gets pushed all the time and I do see why it gets pushed. I just, I, I don't find it to be true. It's the, if you list every day, it's going to bring sales. I, I, I find that there was a time when, there, there was a correlation or there was, I don't know, a causation, whatever it is. Uh, and things changed, I would say, in 2023, especially beginning of 2023, where something happened where it didn't, it didn't matter how often you listed. A lot of other factors began to play a role. But there was a time where if you were consistently listing, you were going to have sales. Now, I still try to list every day, but I'm not as super concerned because I've had the times where I've listed four or five days in a row. And I've had sales, but it's, my sales didn't go up. It's not like, you know, hey, I, I listed 30 items and 30 items magically sold the next day. Right. There is no proper equation. Are you, are you on board with this one?
1: Um, I mean, again, it's going to depend on how we qualify. Because if you're talking about simply the algorithm aspect as far as uh, does does that activity alone uh, increase your visibility on the eBay platform? Is your item is going to be up higher if you're consistently listing uh, that may or may not be the case. Um, it's hard to tell for sure. Like you said, there's other things that may play a bigger factor. What I do think, though, is eBay is a numbers game. I mean, any kind of reselling is a numbers game. Um, it would be like saying, hey, if if Walmart stocks every day, they're going to sell items. Well, it's like, yeah, it's true. Or if they get new items on their shelf consistently, they're going to... Eventually, like if you if you're not... If you're not listing things, you're not going to have more sales. And so maybe the everyday thing isn't necessarily right. But if you do list every day and you can happen to be listing items people are looking for, you're absolutely going to get more sales because it's, it's a simply a numbers game. If you've got the items people are looking for, they're going up as opposed to if those items aren't being listed, those will never sell. So just a pure numbers game aspect of it. Now, again, like anything, and I've said this before, like, OK, it's not just hard work. The work has to be meaningful it has to be the right kind of work you can't just move rocks around and expect like why well, work really hard i should be really successful um so that it doesn't it, it matters what you list you can't simply list random garbage and think why well, list every day therefore my sales have to be going up and i don't think we've ever believed that um but the other side of it is i do think that if you could potentially be listing high quality items on a regular basis Just on a pure numbers aspect, you are going to get more sales than if you don't list anything because you're not going to have as many items in your store that people are looking for.
2: You know, you bring about an interesting point. I do wonder if it's better for you to spend more time sourcing quality items than just trying to find a bunch of like mediocre, like things that do sell, like the sell-through rate isn't terrible, but you're just listing all the time. Like I do wonder, right? Because there's the one extreme... Remember, uh, you know, Craigslist Center brought up the idea of there was a watch guy when we did an interview way back uh, and he only sells like eight watches a month. And that's good enough for him, right? Because they're high dollar value and he spends more time trying to come across the right watches than he spends listing. And so, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I, I will agree. If you list junk, you're not going to get more sales. It's not like, you know, you can just find, I'm going to buy a pack of pencils and list 24 pencils individually. And so I have 24 listings up like that, that's not going to do it. But I do think there is a mentality out there that even if I'm listing junk, I'm going to get more sales because I'm triggering the algorithm. And I, I don't believe that to be true at all.
1: Yeah. I mean, specifically when you talk about the algorithm part, I I think you're right there that. It, that, that's not going to be what does the trick because eventually you're going to do more harm to your store than good. Now, it may help the algorithm. If you list junk for a couple weeks, eBay might be like, Oh, great. Look, we've got activity on this store. We're going to push the store. I, I, I don't think that it's debatable at this point that if you don't do anything for your store for a while versus you start taking some offers, you do you have a little bit more activity, then you're going to get some more sales. So I think I think that part we understand. But if you're listing junk in order to be that activity... Then eventually, your store's sell-through rate is going to tank. And then you're going to do more harm than good. So maybe you've taken one step forward, but you've taken four steps back in your yeah. store's placement on the algorithm. So um, I can't imagine that's a very popular belief that people just think like, well, I'm just going to make a thousand random stupid listings and that's going to do it for well, me. I don't
2: think people do that, but I think people begin <clears throat> to believe, and I've seen it, Or like you just you just got to list every day. Right. So they're not listing high value stuff. They're listing stuff that maybe brings in three dollars net. And uh, I'm guilty of it, too. Don't get me wrong. I had those moments, especially during, you know, that era we went through when we weren't allowed to leave our homes. I remember I was just pretty much listing anything I could. Right. Because sales were coming through. But sales were coming through not because I was listing every day. It's because people weren't out. People weren't out about shopping. And so they wanted to buy something and you know, those nice checks came through and people were buying. So what about this? You've probably said this and I've said this many times. You just need the right buyer. right? You find something at a garage sale or a thrift store and it's high value, but the sell through isn't great. But you're like, if I get the right buyer, I'm going to make some good money. Do You think that's a that's a poor strategy now?
1: I mean, I don't think that's a strategy. I think that's just, uh, I mean, I don't know how you make a strategy out of that. Uh, if, you're, if your strategy you're trying to make is, I can list whatever, knowing that eventually the right buyer is going to come around, all of the other factors are going to play into effect. How many items are listed? Is your listing competitive? But it's true. Like if I have a really rare item, I might have a rare, I don't know, stone that was, You know, used in some movie that's, I don't know, whatever the stupid thing is that like is like super rare. And there's like six people in the whole world who even know what this thing is. So it's very true that I could list it at a good price, but that right buyer has to find it. Right. So I I do think that's true. You have to have the right buyer, but I I think that only works with the items that are unique enough that it's not the everyday average person. So I don't think it's a, I, I still think you need to have the right buyer. That being said, you need to be priced correctly for that buyer. You need to be, um, you need to ha- be competitive with all the other people selling those items for that buyer. Because it's not just like you can list something and say, "Well, I'm I'm thirty percent more expensive than everybody else with this item," but that's fine because I'll wait for the buyer who's willing to spend thirty percent more. Like that, that obviously doesn't work. But I, I'm I'm curious as to why you think this is a, a bad. You need the right buyer
2: because I think this is the old school. Listen and forget it. Right. This idea that, hey, it's OK if I have a massive store and we'll talk about this later. But, you know, there's it used to be like long tail items didn't matter. Right. We even did a short podcast. You know, the difference between fast uh, nickel and slow dime. <laughs> I would say a slow dime will be the end of you. That, that's where I'm at right now. Like, I And I, when I mean slow dime, I mean anything that takes more than six months to sell.
1: But see, it's interesting. And I I think you're probably right in the sense that I've never thought it was a great idea to have stuff listed that long. Towards the beginning of the podcast, you were totally fine with having something up for four, five, six years. But nothing's changed as far as that goes. Like If if, if you list something today and you're like, well, four, five, six years, it's going to sell and I'm going to get this price. There's no difference between whether you listed that in 2015 or 2020 or 2023. If it still takes six years to sell and you still get the price you're looking for, I don't know. I, I think, think there's, a thinking, of, there's a lot of thinking there's a lot of consequences. Your, so you're forecasting, okay, so the consequences you're saying would be then like the impact on your store like a negative correct. correct. okay, so that's that's a fair way of putting it. Um, so I mean, I guess I understand what you're saying as far as I think a better way of putting this is we're just moving a little bit more towards a a faster nickel as opposed to a slow dime mentality.
2: yeah, I think I think eBay doesn't want to share the server space for items that people are like, Oh, I'll listen, I'll get the right buyer. And I don't care how long it takes. Yeah. I mean, they they actually have said they're very clear, even at the eBay ads event that was just recent. Uh, they said, if you have a lot of slow moving inventory, it will slow your store down. It will, yeah. it'll weigh it down. They even were saying this back in, I think it was, I think it was 2019. It wasn't eBay open. It was an eBay,
1: whatever, get together in LA. I remember. So what you're saying is all of those times in previous podcasts where I told you, Orlando, it's probably a bad idea to have something that you're wasting that much time and 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 storage space for, for years to make an extra thirty dollars and you were adamant. Like, here's my I told you so moment. I get it finally. Yes.
2: <laughs> well, but but it's not but you but, so. but but a lot has changed
1: though. That's the thing it has a lot changed or has just our knowledge of the way systems have no, worked
2: no 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 i think ebay has changed dramatically the algorithm was not the beast back then that it is now it it just wasn't uh at the same time there was promoted listings wasn't that big of a deal back then right i mean it when promoted listings started around 2019 and that was only standard right? and then you know and no one really caught on until i forget whenever Promoted listings gate happened. Remember that when everybody on YouTube was freaking out. We even did an emergency episode. And since then, it's definitely changed. It's, it's very clear that eBay wants you to spend money on promoted ads Not And so the the reality is if you have a long tail item like you could promote it, you could promote it. But eBay has said anything over 180 days is stale. And I've even heard of them say 90. I don't know why there's the difference in in what different eBay reps said. But that discussion wasn't around. No one in 2018, 2019, no one had said anything about there being stale listings, at least to my knowledge, Uh, that language didn't come about until that time. And so that has changed where before it didn't matter. You could list it. You could wait. It didn't matter how long. But now I, I definitely think it is detrimental to your store. I believe it may hurt you in the algorithm. I believe it'll hurt you in search. I mean, I, I just think of some items that may have been listed, you know, four years ago. I do wonder how many pages people have to scroll through to get to that item. You know, especially if it's an item, let's say it's a rain spooner shirt. Okay. And it's not anything that's like distinct. It's not a San Francisco Giants rain spooner or it's something that's a special collaboration. It's just a rain spooner Hawaiian shirt. That may take so long. Tommy Bahama shirts. I forget what the number is, but I believe every year it's less than a thousand sell on eBay. So if you source Tommy Bahama, you may be waiting a long time. And again, I know somebody's going to say, well, I just sold one last week. Yes, you might have. And you may have been one of those 300. But you just got to be careful with that. Are you know? Know? okay? Yeah, yeah. All right. Hey, uh, before we move on, though, uh, one way to in, to definitely see your profit and loss and if you're moving inventory for good money is by using my reseller genie uh, I just used my reseller genie uh, to help me complete my taxes for 2022 and it was a breeze uh, it was really simple uh, you know I just gave it to my tax person and we you know I explained everything there and it didn't take long and we were good to go so if you're still worried about your taxes you know what's interesting Mike being at a what's tax interesting o- being at a tax office. And hearing people talking about, yeah, I, I'm here to file my tax for 2019 and 2020. Like stuff like that. It's just I know somebody right now that they didn't file for like three years. Wow. And then they got a refund. It's just crazy to me. So, I, I you know, I got to tell you, like it, it's, it's just it, like whenever you think you're behind, there's other people that are behind you and don't be one of those people by using my reseller genie, uh, go to our link below. Uh, you get that free 50, not that free, sorry, that 15% discount, uh, for the first month. And it's going to be a tool you're definitely going to love. It's easy to use. There's a lot going on there. one of the new things that they added is consignment and which I'm excited about, uh, because I've been doing a little bit of consignment here and there and I may have another opportunity around the corner. And so it helps me keep my bookkeeping. So again, go to the link below, Use our code "pure hustle" for 15% off the first month. Very good. Very good. All right, what about this? Free shipping is not optional.
1: You're saying you've changed your mind on this? Oh, 100%. So you think you could still... You think now you you don't have to offer free shipping? I'm not saying... I don't think you have to offer free shipping. No, 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 no. Because the... Okay. The... the, the way so, I'm reading this, we've been saying for a while that we you need to offer free shipping. You need it. That needs to be. It's it's important to offer free shipping. So if you're saying you've changed your mind on it, now you're saying charge shipping. Yes. So you can yes. charge unless
2: shipping? unless you're somehow able to maintain good profit by doing free shipping. For me, I can't, and the reason being is I sell a lot of hard goods now. It applied when I did clothing, when I did clothing, which I still do. I would say half of my store is probably clothing right now. But that's just it's just something I don't source anymore. I don't sell anymore. And and whatever I do sell, it's because, you know, I either had a huge score or something, but I don't actively look for clothing and it's a little easier. But I can't do free ship. I'm looking right now, I have this uh, this Christmas tree thing that probably costs twenty dollars to ship maybe 30 if it's to the East Coast. And the price is around 100 I can sell it for. And I picked it up for $10. But if I offered free shipping, I'm already going to lose potentially half of my profit while we get eating up in shipping. Because
1: shipping costs have well, gone yeah. way up. Yeah, that's true. I mean, shipping costs have gone up. Uh, so have prices on everything else. And I think, I think if you use the exceptions, like if we're talking freight, you're talking big items, of course, adding shipping on there is pretty, pretty normal. Um, I say I've always kind of had the mindset of you need to have a total price that's competitive so if I'm selling something for ten dollars with five dollars shipping and somebody else is selling it for fifteen dollars with free shipping the total price is the same like the fees are gonna come out the same everything's gonna come out the same my my, my gross is going to be the same so j- just having that free shipping is oftentimes enough like I think enough people, now it's true, somebody might say, like, oh, this one's only $10. So I'll buy the one that's $10 with $5 shipping. But I think, at least from my experience, so many people are used to free shipping uh, and seeing that. And it's just like one of those things, like just like having something listed for $14.99 as opposed to $15. Like it's that little, those little things that are able to get people. And the free shipping, you know, you you get if, if you're top-rated and you're offering free shipping and you're offering like you get different notifications, different badges on your things. And when we talk about um, trying to be higher up in the search, when we're talking about the algorithm, I think that's one of those things that might be useful. And again, that's one of those reasons why you might want to look at something like Terapeak to see how competitive you are. Like It'll tell you what the average shipping cost is, how many of the listings have free shipping. And so, yeah, if you're listing something that's huge, it makes sense to maybe have calculated shipping, especially because it could be going to different places but typically a shirt's going to be a shirt, it's going to be a shirt or a pair of shoes is going to be a pair of shoes. So you, you can roughly say like, this is going to cost me $6 a ship. This is going to cost me $3 a ship and just add that into your price. And as long as your total price is competitive, that free shipping notification or that little badge on your item may be enough to, to get that extra buyer. So I don't know if I've, I've changed on this, especially because people are still used to it with things like Amazon. That being said, People may be willing to pay more shipping if they're getting a better deal than Amazon. But but think about what you talked about last week. When you talked about people who are, are fencing their items on eBay and people are offloading items on eBay that are stolen, you're never going to be able to compete with some people. Mm. You're never going to be able to compete with some items if they're stolen and they have a zero cost on that item. So that's why I feel like some items are up there and it's like there's no way they're making money on this or maybe they were able to buy in a big enough bulk. But for things like shirts, media shoes the average thing that you know what it's going to cost i say add that into the the price and and get the free shipping because it's just that psychological aspect
2: yeah no i I agree i agree it's a certain point i just I, i find that i guess it depends on what you're selling i guess it depends on what you're selling you're right i myself i haven't seen a dip in sales as a result of of shipping uh now Are sales slower now? Of course they are. But but that's been, you know, an ongoing theme. But my sales, my sales, I remember when I went 50 percent off, uh, you know, back in February, I had a ton of sales and I still get a lot of sales. And the reason I've changed is because the shipping prices have gotten so crazy. You know, when there was first class mail, you can usually ship stuff out for two to three bucks. Now, USPS Ground Advantage Even if it's less than a pound, sometimes you may be paying like six, seven dollars, which is almost priority shipping. So to me, it's not it's just not worth it to me. Uh, Now, if eBay came out and said very clearly again that free shipping is the way to go, I would switch over again just because it's being pushed. But I'm not sure. Now, you do need to check on Terapeak if you're really interested or just check the comps. How many people are selling stuff with free shipping and how many aren't? Because that'll determine whether you should, too, because if there's an item and everybody has shipped it out for free and you are somehow the only one not shipping for free, it may take you a little bit longer to sell that item. So you got to be aware of that.
0: Discover the remarkable journey of anonymous John. No one likes feeling alone, anxious or overweight. But John refused to let his circumstances define him. When his weight ballooned to a staggering 600 pounds, he made a choice to take control of his life. He began documenting his journey in his journal, and after shedding his first 103 pounds, he decided to share his story with the world. Through his journal, he offers inspiration and hope to anyone struggling with similar challenges. If you're looking to be inspired and uplifted, the Anonymous John podcast is for you. Join us on this journey of transformation and visit our website, theanonymousjohn.com.
2: All right. What about this one? This was one of our first uh, episodes. You need to build an eBay pipeline, meaning you have to have tons of items in your store to be successful.
1: Uh, that's not what a pipeline means, though. That's, a what, pipeline, that's what I meant. Uh, so, well then that that just means you want a huge inventory. A pipeline, Correct. though, means it's it's a a pipeline is a a start to end. So that means you've got a way to source. You've got no, a no, way no, no, no. to process in, in the, the reselling sourcing.
2: community In the reselling community, that's not what that means. I, I, I don't in know. The, I, maybe in, in the, the reselling are community, using, it goes all the way back to the days of scavenger life. The idea that the larger the inventory, the more sales you'll get.
1: Well, okay. So, okay. Then we're talking about two different things. So, correct. If if you're just saying like, you just need to have a huge store, I I still think it's a numbers game. Like if you have a huge store of the things people are looking for, like, of course, like, (laughs) if you've got junk, if you've got things people aren't buying, then it doesn't matter if you've got 10 items in your store or a thousand items in your store. You're still actually probably going to end up selling more with a thousand junk items in your store than 10 junk items because it's still a numbers game. That being said, though, if you have a way of saying like hey i've got 10 collectibles versus i've got 100 collectibles and they're all sought after that like at a high level you're always going to do better with more items i can't imagine anybody who wants to have a smaller store now you might want to you know even if you're going fast if you're going fast nickel same thing I, i would see the pipeline as you're trying to get as much good inventory into your store as you can so you can get it listed so you can get it to the buyers like i I don't think that there's anything wrong with a pipeline. So let's say. So my
2: question to you is: If somebody has a thousand items in their store
1: and they're only selling, let's say, ten a day, is that a problem? Is it a, not necessarily? I mean, how much how much gross are they making? I mean, yeah, they probably have too many items in their store. If they've got a thousand items, they're selling. No, I think if you got a thousand items, you're selling ten a day, um, consistently. 1%. And if you're if you're replacing if you're replacing those 10 items and you consistently have a thousand items in your store and you're consistently selling 10, I think you're doing great. If, if those 10 items you're selling is meeting that number you want. Yeah. See, I, I'm,
2: (laughs) the thing is I'm, I, I'm the guy that doesn't have the, so I have the large inventory. And I will tell you, I do not think it's benefiting me. I don't, I I have, you know, over 3000 items and I do, I have consistent sales every day and they come through and some days I have more sales than others. But if I could do everything all over again and and I've I have strongly thought about just going through and like purging all the slow selling stuff. I wonder if I would be rewarded better. And, and let us know in the comments because I know there are people that have 500 items and they make as much money as people that have 10,000 items, 15,000 items. It, it just it makes me really sad right now because I see a lot of people like old school, older school or people have been selling for a while that I think it was a thing back in the day that the larger the inventory, the more consistent sales you have. And there are people right now that are killing it with 500 items and there are people that have 10,000 items and can't even get 10 sales a day.
1: I mean, I don't, I mean, maybe there's some changes, like, like you said, with the algorithm. So I'm not completely discarding that, but I feel like that's always the case. Like, it's the same thing, like you walk through a swap meet, right? I could walk by a booth in a swap meet and somebody literally has 10 times the number of items as the booth next to it, and it's just all junk on the floor. And then the next booth has like 20 items in it, but they're items that people are flocking to because they're good. Like, it's always the case in every situation that if you've got the good items, you've got the best quality items you're going to be doing better for sure and that store like if you're if you've got for instance if you're the store that's got 500 items and you're crushing it like you're you're making six figures and you never have more than 500 items in your store perfect but if you found a way to increase the pipeline and actually say like i could go from having the same quality 500 items to now i have a thousand items of the same caliber then you'll be making even more money. Like that, that will hold true if the quality. It's a it's a quality and quantity have to go together. I don't think that math works though. So. Like it I, does it, work. No, I I disagree. Okay, I, so you're telling me so if I've got the top ten most sought after Pokemon cards, no, no, and I but, can get but, them, but you wouldn't have could, you
2: wouldn't have a thousand items.
1: That that's what oh, I'm trying the, to tell you. The, but, I know, but the point I'm trying to say though, I mean, sure you could. Some of the, the biggest sellers on eBay, like the biggest biggest sellers are like car parts store sellers and things like that. They probably have thousands of items in their store, and they're moving those items, right? So it's not that they don't have. It's not like the, like the smaller your inventory necessarily the better. You still have to have the right no, I, inventory. No,
2: that that is true. But I, I will I will say there is there is a, a I think a problem right now in the sense that there's this. You know, I always I always cringe when people message me and they're like, oh. You know, I wish I had 3,000 items like you or I wish I had 5,000 items. And I tell people, no, you don't. You don't because in, in the end, that tells me I had a lot of bad pickups. I have a lot of items that I was waiting for the right buyer at a long, a lot of long tail items. And, and to me, I feel like it's weighing my store down. I don't I don't think it's benefiting me. I, I, I that- believe that was true years ago. I don't think that's true anymore. OK,
1: so I mean. Again, if we're going back to the idea of items not moving, so you've got those long-tail items in your store that aren't moving. Yeah. Um, long-tail
2: then, to me is like no sale.
1: Sure. Sure. So yeah, if you've got long-tail items, are not moving. Um, it could be weighing your store down. So then yeah, I, I definitely think that's a indicator that you've made poor choices. But you could also have 3,000 items in your store And not really have any long tail items. Everything with all three thousand of those items are going to sell in six months. And if you've got a decent pipeline, then you'll have been able to replenish those, and you'll always be able to stay at about that level. So you can still be moving high qualities or quantities of items if the quality is high. So I, I I think you're right. I think that the the point to maybe to be made is that the number alone isn't everything just like we say like a 90 day total isn't everything so the total number of items you have listed in your store isn't necessarily a great indicator of whether or not you have a healthy store just like a 90 day total isn't necessarily an indicator of whether or not you're actually being very profitable on ebay Uh, there's so many other factors that go into place but all things being equal if i could have 10 high quality items versus 100 high quality items versus a thousand high quality items I'm going to take the thousand high quality items every day.
2: True. I just think in the secondary world, I don't know if there's many resellers that have a thousand quality items. Right. I would say for myself, out of my three thousand items, <laughs> maybe a thousand are quality. <laughs> now, when I picked them up, I thought they were quality, you know. But I also picked up a lot of those things before I cared about sell through rate. Right? Sell through rate's a recent phenomenon. That's that. That's the buzzword of probably started back in like 2021
1: why don't you start why don't you start another store then um i mean i know we have various stores for like certain niches we don't want people to necessarily like catch on to necessarily but um why don't you do one i know you have your your reputation so you already have the stars and you already have the all the things you have top rated seller but if you were to say like hey you have the ability and knowledge now to actually source better Keep the items you have currently. List your death pile junk items into your current store. And I say junk, and I don't mean it's junk. It's You have items. I know you have items and each item is valuable, right? It's a longer tail. So keep one store, your quote unquote, like this is the stuff I've picked up. I know you've got tons of items you haven't listed yet. But then all the new things you're listing, try it in a new store that's not being weighed down with all that stuff. You'd, yeah. be top rated. you'd be top rated in a couple of months. You'd be good to go. And, and before long, you'd have a similar reputation if, it's, if things are selling quickly.
2: Yeah, I'm just not in a place to experiment right now. I would say if, if, if the economy was doing well right now, I would definitely experiment. <laughs>
1: right if the economy now. was doing well right now, you wouldn't be worried about whether or not the sell-through rate was high enough and all of that stuff. Like, I think it's because the economy is not doing yeah, well I that you might valid. need to experiment. Yeah. Okay,
0: all right. Uh- Procter & Gamble. Ben and Jerry, Supply and Demand. These are pairs that changed the game. But when it comes to business growth, it's you and Shopify. From that exciting moment you launch your online shop to setting foot in your first real-life shop and gasping as you hit that millionth order, Shopify's beside you, cheering you on. Selling shipping supplies or maybe promoting productivity programs, it doesn't matter. Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Their all-in-one e-commerce platform? Check. In-person POS system? You bet. Turn those casual browsers into loyal buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. Did you know it's up to 36% better than other platforms? And there's more. Meet Shopify Magic, your AI-powered MVP, making your life easier. Fact time. Shopify powers a whopping 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. They're the driving force behind big names like Allbirds and Linen. And guess what? They support millions of entrepreneurs across 175 countries. Oh, and did I mention their award-winning support team? Always there every step of the way. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash purehustle, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash purehustle now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash purehustle. I, I
2: see what you're saying. I, I will, I will, I will think about it. I will think about it. So, Let us know in the comments on all of these. The, are you, you know, do you think number one, Orlando is out of his mind? Uh, two, uh, it, are, do you relate with this? Because I know there are people that relate. Because I, I, I have had so many conversations of individuals that started reselling in 2014, 2015, and the way to go was, you know, as long as an item sold, you should pick it up if it's good profit build your store out as big as you can. And then things were good. And I think now we're seeing that obviously things have changed uh, with eBay. All right. Hey, before we move on, uh, some of these conversations that I love having happen in our discord. And so if you haven't had a chance yet to uh, help, help us out via Patreon, we encourage you uh, all our content that we release is free. And one of the reasons we're able to do that is through people that support us from Patreon dot com slash podcast link below for five fifty five 55 a month. And that gives you access to the Discord, which is a thriving community of resellers. And here's what I love. And I, I say this all the time, but I love that. It just it has a mind of its own without Mike and I there <laughs> sometimes uh, for this week. I was extremely busy uh, trying to, you know, just tie up loose ends with my taxes. And I wasn't able to get on the Discord and I and I hopped on today. And discussions that were being had were great. The bolos that were shared, hustles of the week that were being shared, tips, deals, everything was great. So if you haven't uh, found, uh, you know, uh, a podcast to support, you should support us, patreon.com slash Podcast. Also, you can find us on social media. We are Pure Hustle Podcast on all platforms, except on X. On X, we are Pure Hustle Cast. You can always give us a call, 619-738-1170. That's 619 738 1170 or shoot us an email at piercepodcasts at gmail.com. And as always, if you're listening to the podcast and you haven't subscribed yet, just jump on over, hit that subscribe button, and smash that bell notification, and click on that like button. Uh, And last of all, thank you for all the iTunes reviews, letting people know why you love the podcast. uh, Always helps us out in the algorithm, so if you haven't jumped on over, go to iTunes, and if you could leave us some positive
1: feedback. Yeah. All right, let's talk about some great items that sold, though. That's right. Come on, hustlers. It's the freaking hustle of the week. Yeah, hustle of the week. All right. Our first one comes from uh, Kalua from our Discord. Uh, This guy is the man. He does some killer work and does some uh, amazing reselling. Anyways, this one, he found a Dallas Cowboys hat for $2 at the swap meet. Nice. It's uh, America's team. I'm learning that now that I'm in Texas. Oh, wow. Listed and sold a vintage Dallas Cowboys double shark tooth hat within three minutes for $140. After discussing on the Discord, realized it was worth closer to $500. Still a great ROI, though. Man, that's that's a tough one. It's always hard when it's like $2 to $140. You feel like just on top of the world. And then yeah, you realize you left money on the table. It's like, oh, no. But you can't, you can't give up on the fact that that's, that is incredible ROI um, from $2 to one forty that's, that's amazing. Man. So a- anybody that does it on the, pod, on the Discord, I
2: always say, remember the lantern. Right? The, the lantern. That I, the, so my question is, if we, po- if we create, uh, which we are going to drop merch here soon, is it do your research with a lantern or is it remember the lantern with a lantern?
1: Or is it neither of those? Let us know in the comments. I don't know, Orlando, you come up with the cheesiest stuff, but maybe people love it. <laughs> no, well, hey, you know, that's the, thing.
2: that's the thing. I just I've just been thinking about this. I got I got some ideas I got to share with you. All right. No, but uh, you know, I wanted to share this because it's still an amazing hustle week. I mean, three minutes. I know when you heard the cha-ching, you were excited. And at the same time, there's dread. Like, what, what, what did I miss? But it's still an awesome. And then actually somebody else um, secondhand solo on the discord shared how they had a chargers hat that he sold for $35 that was worth 600. So, you know, there's also, do we have a thread in there for, uh, for us to mourn?
1: I mean, we have a, we have like a bad buys, um, not a bad vibes. Yeah. Not a bad sells,
2: <laughs> but thanks for sharing. All right. This next one comes from Vintage Mermaid, also from the Discord, a longtime listener of the podcast. I wanted to share this because I always love it when people message me and go like, oh, you'll never sell it for that price. And then it does. And for more and you're like, ha ha. Like I wish I wish it was okay to just message those people back, but you can't. All right. So uh, when uh, she said, uh, don't sleep on the granny. How do you say that when it's like junkie Schlotsky? Trotsky. Chotskis. Hey, okay, don't sleep on Grandy Uh, This one I paid $5 in a state sale mostly because I thought it was adorable. There was no brand. Got it home and turned out it's a left-in. I uh, sold in 24 hours for $285 with a repaired wing and a modification from the original owner. Holy part, smokes. <laughs> I, know, I know. I've sold stuff that's broken too and I even say that it's glued and people still buy. So That's pretty awesome. Uh, and Also said, uh, had a collector message her that the price was way too high, and that she would only get $140, but obviously got double that. They obviously don't understand vintage Christmas sales during uh, Q4. Uh, it took about it took several days, but decided uh, you know to sell it all because she had a huge haul. And then she said, "I remembered when I've heard Mike and Orlando, which I think it's more Mike that says this. Would you ever pay this amount for this?" And the answer was no but I'll be keeping a photo on my phone. Am I the only one that does that? You know what she's talking about when you, you tell people like, you know, if people want to keep things, but you you say, yeah, but if it's sold for that much, would you really pay that much for that item? Yeah. yep. Yeah. And if and if not, then you should just sell it. Yep.
1: So, yes, yes, absolutely. Like even, even the things you've got in your house right now uh, that, that you're like, oh, I might hang on to this. But it's like you could sell that. Maybe you only paid 20 bucks for it, but you could sell it for $300. So, Orlando, would you would you pay $300 right now and go to the store and buy that? And if not, sell it. Sell it. Yeah. yeah. Because that's yeah. money in your pocket. That's basically what you're doing. You're buying it. It's the opportunity cost that you're buying. That's true. That's true. Great job,
2: uh, Vincent Mermaid.
1: All right. Our next one comes from uh, Spitting Surf's. Splitting Surf's. Splitting Surf's. <laughs> Splitting Surf's. Uh, uh, another one from our Discord. So picked up a camera at a yard sale at seven o three a.m. Pays to be early, for two dollars. Listed on eBay and sold a Canon Powershot ELPH three hundred and sixty HS digital camera, uh, with the battery and charger and all that stuff for two thousand nine hundred and no, nine. Oh gosh. Okay. Oh gosh. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Sorry, I don't think I've ever seen that plan. on the on the Discord. <laughs> okay, typo. So uh two hundred ninety nine dollars. Uh, two dollars to two ninety nine is still amazing. I got my heart like started beating like crazy when I saw it th- almost three grand. You're killing me, Orlando. Sorry, I, I'm sorry. A, i I'm, I'm a firm believer that you're sabotaging me with the, with your
2: <laughs> oh, I don't even know how, your how typos Okay, well, all n- right, that's n- good. Nice there. Right. Nice work splitting tariffs.
1: Very good. Um, I don't really have anything big other than um. I had a random Poshmark sale come through or a few, like like a bundle sale. Are you still on there? And I was not... Yeah. And that's the thing is we're not really on there anymore. I mean, okay. I, maybe we need to be. Uh, but again, it was like old stuff we bought from a long time ago that uh, it was just super cheap, dirt cheap. And I love Poshmark sales because you really don't have to worry about shipping as much unless things have changed. I mean, I haven't been on there um, in a while. Uh, but shipping is pretty much already taken care of for you. Um, you. You don't have to worry about how you're pricing it and all of that. And it it just works out. You're not dealing with returns and possible negative feedback. And so I, I I gladly take any Poshmark sale that that randomly comes in. It's like it's like getting a little bonus, you know. It's like when you it's like when you like buy a, a good pair of jeans at a at a thrift store and you're like, oh, this is a great pair. I'm gonna be able to make good money on this. And you put your hand in the pocket and there's like a five-dollar bill in there too, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, sweet, like this just paid for the that's kind of how a Poshmark sale feels to me. It's like, oh cool, this sold. And I'm Poshmark, like, great. That's how so, I feel about Bonanza whenever yep. I get the PayPal notification.
2: And I do miss PayPal. I used to be so uh, anti PayPal. But this, you know, at least with PayPal, when you get paid, you get paid right away. That's good. Right. This whole eBay two day holdover over thing it just drives me mad. But uh, yeah, po- you know, I have stuff on Poshmark. Yeah, I haven't had a Poshmark sale. The worst is when somebody sells on Poshmark that I already sold like a year ago. <laughs> But remember, okay. So tip for everybody that cross posts: if you sell something on eBay and Poshmark at around the same time, cancel the Poshmark every single time. Yeah, because eBay pen- is more important. Yeah, there's no and there's I don't I don't think there is even a penalty on Poshmark. Like on eBay, it'll definitely ding you if you you have that out of stock sale and you can't fulfill it. So be aware. Okay, so I'm so glad when things work out, and I had mentioned a few weeks ago how. I had no idea that the Goosebumps series was coming out on Disney. I had no idea. And a few weeks before that, I was at a garage sale. And I'll never forget. The night before, I was doing my research. And I saw that somebody had a box full of Goosebumps books. And I knew there was money in Goosebumps books. We talked about it as a Bolo. And I showed up to this garage sale at 9.30. 9.30 in the morning. When I show up. Why is it? I, I'm telling you. I don't believe we live in a matrix, but sometimes I feel like it. Because the one item I want to get, usually when I get to a garage sale, it's still there. But the right when I'm about to get it, somebody else is getting it. And it's like, why did it happen the moment I was there? Why couldn't it just disappear before I showed up? So I'm at this garage sale and this lady's looking at it. And then I start looking at it and she goes, Oh no, I think I'm thinking of buying this. I'm like, no. So I did the whole fake, like I'm looking at stuff next to her you know like i'm looking stuff up like not real but just on my phone i'm pretending to you know that i'm still sourcing so i was waiting for her to walk away well eventually she starts you know haggling with the the garage sale lady uh, the seller and the seller wanted i think she wanted at first she wanted 10 bucks for it all and then she's like yeah you know what? that's for my son. that's that was my son's collection I can't do less than twenty five. And the lady's like, twenty five. I'm not doing twenty five. And she walked away. I was like, Yes. So I walked over and I said, hey, uh, you know, what are you looking for? These books? It seems like you have a lot of sentimental value to this. And she said, twenty five. I'm like, "Ah, can we can we do twenty? She's like, no, twenty five. And actually, I'm going to take this book right here. (laughs) And she took one of the books out of the collection. Now, luckily, it was not one of the 62 books of the set. And so eventually, you know, she agreed and and I I paid $25. So out of the 25, I ended up getting uh, the entire Goosebumps collection, books one through 62. Then I ended up getting another series, uh, books one through four, another series, books one through six, whatever, and a couple other books. So I paid 25. I sold the series of four for 20 bucks right away. I sold one of the other books for 20 bucks. I'm already in the profit. And then that was in July In August when teachers are buying books for their elementary classrooms and so on, you know, and those are the best buyers because if they have a good budget budget, they don't, they're they're willing to pay up a little more because it's not their money. At least that's been my experience. And somebody had sent me a hundred dollar offer, 150. And then eventually somebody sent me a $300 offer. Now remember I paid 25 bucks. So I was like, I could do $300. I only paid $25. And so I accepted the offer. And then after the fact, I get, I can't stand when people do this. Oh, hey, I was just wondering about the wear on some of the books. And I was like, well, it's in the pictures. Like to me, it's like you accept it, just pay and, and get it delivered. Well, they never paid. So this is the one time eBay's biggest flaw worked out for me. So four days passed, they didn't pay. And I, I was on, on Instagram and I see Charm City Picker uh, posting Goosebumps books. And I messaged him. I'm like, hey, I got these books over here. It's so awesome. You found those. Within a day, his sold for, I believe, $500. So I'm like, whoa, I almost let mine get away for $300. i am going to up the price. So I upped the price and uh, I did some obnoxious number like $1,500 with 50% off. So it was at 750 and sure enough, within two days, instead of get, taking that three hundred dollar sale from the week before, I ended up selling the entire set for six hundred dollars plus shipping. So twenty five to six hundred, I'll definitely take that. So keep an eye; it's still a bolo. Goose is still still hot out there. So
1: keep yeah, an it's eye. it's good stuff. Yeah, I, I feel kind of dumb now. Um, I left my, I, I got a new job. Obviously, I'm teaching at a new school in a new state. And uh, my sister-in-law had given me a bunch of books because I moved to the middle school level. She'd given me a ton of books to put in my middle school classroom because she used to teach like upper elementary. So she had a ton and I was leaving. And so I grabbed some some books and she had a ton of Goosebumps books. And I didn't take them because I'm like, I'm not going to be teaching middle school again. I'm a high school teacher, kind of always been a high school teacher. I just had this little middle school stint for a little bit. Uh, and so I left them there. Um, they were they were like not the school's books. They were my books that my sister in law gave me. So I'm like, dang. I wonder how much money I uh, did. Do left you want me to take table. a
2: a trip over there?
1: No, it's all good, man. It's all good. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll donate them to the school. The school is good to me. It's fine.
2: And by the way, but, you don't need the complete sets. I've sold ten of the books for seventy bucks. So just keep an eye. It's also a bolo. So thank you everyone for sharing your hustle of the week. All right. So back to Uh, The lecture at hand. Uh, Do you do you still do this? I don't. I don't do this ever. I we used to. I I don't know if we talked about in a video. I've shared this a lot on social. So sometimes you get those buyers that buy stuff, and then last second they're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. That's wrong address. Can you send it to this address?" And the procedure used to be, in order to keep your seller protections, you had to cancel the sale relist it. They had to make sure that they had the right address and rebuy from you. And it was super tedious. And I always hated it because, you know, you never know if you're going to get that sale again. Like they may after, you know, canceling, they may change their mind and you lose it. I stopped doing that. Do you do 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 that anymore? I just I'll Um, just ship it out.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know. um, I don't know. The last time that's happened to me where I had a request, I mean, I'm sure it has happened. Um, can't you just have them like send an invoice to them with like the new address or no?
2: You know, I haven't even thought about that. I don't think you can, but it's possible.
1: Um, I don't know. So you're saying you ship it out to the wrong address or you ship it out to the correct address? No, I ship, no, no, I ship it out to the right. <laughs> I don't want more. Now you I just, have. You're not worried about the seller protections. Is there what was you're one
2: time this last year that I did ship it out to the wrong address still. Uh, but luckily, they were kind about it, and and everything worked out. No, I don't. I don't think there's a issue with seller protection because it's in the, it's in the messages, right? Right. So yeah, they, that makes sense. It, you know how I don't see how eBay is gonna go. Well, you shipped you shipped it out to the wrong address, and it's like, well, if you look at the messages, this is exactly where the buyer wanted me
1: to send it. Yeah. So it I don't can make know. it a little. It can make it a little harder with printing the label. You know, just extra steps. No. Oh
2: yeah, great great question. So if that happens, I go to Pirate Ship and I create yep. a single label on Pirate Ship, and then I get the tracking number and I just upload it on the item on eBay. That makes sense. Yep. So that that's how you do it. Yeah, because on eBay you can't modify the address on eBay when you're trying to ship, but if you have a Pirate Ship account, you can create your own single label and you'll still get the same discount. That's the beauty about Pirate Ship is that you don't need to be a top-rated seller or anything to get the discount. You it's just it's there for you. So. If you haven't checked out Pirate Ship, we're not sponsored by them. Uh, we'd love to. I would even wear an eye patch if Pirate Ship sponsored us. Okay. So let us know, Pirate Ship, if you're listening to this podcast. Yar. Okay. Yar. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Because other if, you're, if you don't know what we're talking about, just go to their chat and you'll understand exactly what we're talking about when we do the yards. All right. What about this? The most money is made in Q4.
1: Um, I still think you're probably... Again, it's going to be dependent and contingent upon what you're selling. Um, okay. So maybe some items will sell better in other times of the year. I, I do think Q4 is the number one shopping time of the year uh, for most, most retailers. And I think that it makes the same for uh, us as resellers. Now, all that being said, again, kind of going back to the idea of pipeline, if you aren't able to source enough inventory or be competitive enough, you might be running on slimmer margins in order to move things. Uh, because competition, I feel like, ramps up. Uh, you need to be much more competitive. There are more buyers, but there's also, I think, a lot more people trying to sell things. Things are being listed a lot more. Things are, People are looking for newer items. So I don't know. I mean, I'm interested to see, hear what you have to say on this, because I would say I, I still think the most potential for profit is going to come in Q4. I think that's just what the numbers show. But um, what what are your thoughts on this?
2: I think it depends on platform. You know, when I was killing it on Amazon, Q4 was it. Nothing comes close. Nothing comes close when you're doing Amazon on Q4. The last two years, I have not been doing Amazon on Q4. And my biggest sales, and a lot of people say this, is usually January, February. And then for whatever reason, July, in the midst of summer slowdown, you know things are quiet and then just explosion of sales. And I, I don't know why. I, have, I don't know why. Maybe it's because the inventory, like you said, it all depends on what you're selling. But I, I think I think it's, uh, it's not correct to tell people that sell on eBay, hey, Q4 is going to be incredible because it might be better. There might be an uptick. I'm not going to say there's not going to be more sales, but it may not be your biggest month. And so, you know, some people like ramp it up during Q4. I think you should just ramp it up all year because there's plenty here that sell clothing that will tell you a lot of clothing gets sold January, February, March. People get their tax refunds back. A lot of more people are buying pre-tax season. And so don't just, you know, focus on Q4. You should go strong year round because you don't know when you're going to have that good month. Uh, My best month this year was in February. And in February, I had, uh, I would say, like 40% more sales than I've had in the last few months. So it was a good month. It was a good month. It's good. All right. Do you find this to be true that you can sell anything on eBay?
1: I uh, know there's certainly uh, things you can't sell. Uh, I've learned that the hard way with uh, Vero's and, and things being taken off, uh, certain medical equipment and whatnot. But uh, I think what you're getting at, though, is the idea that... I think... If I'm being honest here, Orlando, in some ways, I think it's good. We're we're kind of considering how reselling has changed. But I think to understand this episode better, we got to understand that this is a little bit of mourning of the good old days of eBay, right? Is of it? like, those days are gone. <laughs> And I think what you're saying with what you're saying with you can sell anything on eBay was there was a time when you could pretty much just throw it at the wall and and everything stuck and everything was selling and somebody was going to buy. And things are different now. And I I do think you have to have a higher caliber of item. I think your items have to be what people are looking for, which has always been the case. But when people have a lot more expendable income, uh, when even styles like, I like to think about it like this, like the current housing style or uh, interior decoration style. If you look on Instagram and you're seeing like my wife is really big into this. She's an interior designer, um, actually has a degree for it, and not just like she calls herself one. Um, so she's really big on to like what, what, what's in, in style. And if you look at like my parents and grandparents specifically like that generation and in between there, they had tons and tons of stuff in their house, like knickknacks everywhere. Like, you, you know, when you walk into an estate sale, you can pretty much tell the age of the person by how many knickknacks, how many things. And a big part of that was things were finally being mass produced, and the stuff that only wealthy people could have in their house, like a picture or a, a porcelain, you know, figurine or carpet, right? Like, all of those things that used to be like only certain people could afford to have, now it was available to everyone. So people overdid it. And so, like, that was the style, was just to have all this stuff. And then now I think we've kind of tapped like gone down. So like more of a minimalist style. Minimalism was really big. Maybe 10 years ago, it was kind of took a, a, an uprise, but I think that's still kind of followed through. I think people prefer to have just fewer items and have certain things that they're looking for. Even, even the, I think the vintage push of like, I want vintage shirts, right? I want a shirt from the nineties, like an actual band that is kind of that push too. Like I want, I don't want mass produced stuff anymore. I want like kind of harder to get unique things. And I don't, I don't need tons of it. And so I think that times have changed. So it's not just economy. There's tons of other things. And I think there was a time when people would just buy whatever because it was like decorate the house, have tons of collections, have tons of... And I think it's shifting. I think that's not quite in style anymore. And the economy may be part of that. And then also, I think people are just kind of fed up with stuff, the consumerism and stuff. And so I think that that cultural shift has a a place to say with why... You can't just sell anything on eBay either because the the total kind of milieu has changed as it were.
2: Yeah. No, I think there's the truth. To that. and maybe that's why eBay is focusing on enthusiast buyers, right? Because those are the people that are still buying to consume, yep. right? Yep. They, they want those things. Uh, are you saying we should label this uh, episode, the good old days are gone? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Something about like a tombstone that says R A P eBay. All right, no, and, and I think I think there's truth to that. I I maybe this is therapy for me. I don't know, but I I do think that that time it has has ended, and, and it's gonna be even more difficult. I believe in certain categories now with all the authenticity going on, which I think is a good thing. But you know, we've mentioned before how eBay has purchased Certa logo, which is going to. Make sure that people are not selling counterfeits of certain items Uh, there. You know, they've eliminated certain certain categories that they used to be able to sell on eBay. Uh, And so things have definitely changed. So this is not the place where you can sell anything. And like we said previously on this episode, uh, there's a lot more than just, you know, throwing everything at the wall and hoping it sells. You have to make sure it's a good sell through rate. You have to make sure it's promoted. You have to make sure you have solid pictures, all those different things. All right. And then, uh, you know, before we move on to our last one here, American Bubble Boy, you haven't checked them out. Check them out. Uh, Joel has always been good to us. Uh, Mike, you should be having something come your way. So, yeah, (laughs) I feel like I get all the goodies sent to me and I just get to thrive and everything here. But uh, American Bubble Boy has awesome uh, bubble wrap, uh, free shipping. Uh, You know, next day, if you're in that area, two day. You can even do local pickup. Plus, they have my go-to tape, which is awesome. And so, check them out, American Bowl in the link below. If you use our code, I believe it's Pure Hustle. <laughs> you should look in the write-up. You get five percent off the free, uh, off, not the free tape, the my go-to tape, which you might go saying five hey, percent. Yeah, five percent because it's such a good deal. It's thirty-five dollars for twenty-four rolls of tape. You should definitely uh, check it out. All right, this last one. I don't think this is true anymore. You might disagree with me. I think you will. Anyone can resell.
1: Um, here's what I'd say about that. Um, no. Um, I, I do think I agree with you. I think that the kind of just the catchphrase sticks that anyone can do this because it, it is true that this is accessible to people, that it is. It's very low entry. Um, there's a lo- very low cost to entry into to, to reselling. However, I've learned just by reselling myself. And um, like you, we've talked about the changes in reselling. It's work. It's a lot of hard work. And I've discovered that a lot of people don't want to do it. A lot of people don't want to learn. A lot of people don't want to adapt. A lot of people don't want to put in the effort that it takes. And there was a time when it didn't take as much effort like you we've been talking about with all of the kind of good old days. And so sure, if it if, if it takes... If it takes half the amount of effort and you potentially could be making just as much or more, then it was even more accessible to people. Even more people could just jump in and say like, hey, I'm going to go find some stuff to resell. Now that you have to be a little bit more picky, now that you have to know what you're doing and not just put up quantity of items, but the quality of items like we talked about, it's a harder thing to do. And so the barrier to entry is still low, but the... I just don't think many people are willing to do it. You know, I, I think a lot of people talk, uh, but not not a lot of people are willing to put in the work and effort that it takes. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think there's there's something to be said for the fact that the people who listen to our podcast regularly, the people who are are consistently doing this, like it's it's not because they're doing something that's just easy that anybody can do. They're doing something hard. And I think that sometimes we can kind of almost be like uh take away from the fact that that what they're doing and accomplishing if you do say something like oh anybody could do this because I don't know yeah you're right I don't I don't think that's the case. I think the people who are being successful reselling like that is an accomplishment. That's that is something that has taken effort and energy and know-how and yeah it's not just something that the average Joe uh is probably willing to do. Maybe they could, but I don't know if they're willing to.
2: Yeah, I I remember saying anyone can resell. And I do think anyone can get started reselling, whether you continue, that, that's the question. I've had good friends of mine. I, I remember in the, er, in the early days of podcasts, sometimes they'd say, hey, Orlando, can I go garage selling with you on a Saturday? So, you know, we'd get in the car, we'd go sourcing, and they would get all hyped. And they would go for a month, two months, <laughs> and they would message me. It's like, hey, you want to just buy all my stuff? Like, I, I'm kind of done. And I'm not I'm not saying they're any less of a person. It's just I think it has to be something you enjoy. Right. You have to be willing to source. And this is why in the other episode I was this last one we did, I was very big on. If I keep having to source things, I don't care to sell like I'm out of reselling. And I think a lot of people, if, if I'm that strong about it and I'm I've been reselling for 10 years, I can only imagine the brand new person you know, having a difficult time going garage after garage sale, going to thrift store after thrift store and then going, yeah, you know, I I, I only like selling video games. I only like selling vintage toys. I only like selling this. They're going to burn out pretty quick, right? Because, you know, in reselling you. Sometimes you do need to do things you don't want to do. And I think that's the one part I was missing in the last podcast and sharing was that, yeah, I do sell things I don't care for sometimes. And it's because I have to sometimes. You know, I see something profitable and and I'll pick it up and I'll sell it. Not really anything I care. Uh, For example, last year I had this huge, it was like a vintage camera projector. I don't know what it was, but it weighed like 100 pounds. It was the worst thing I've ever packed. It took me four hours to pack. I sold it for $300 million. I could have given up reselling that day. It was the worst. I never had such a terrible experience packing. It just was terrible. Uh, but, you know, imagine if a new person picked that up, didn't know how to, you know, ship out large items and their ordeal that that might just end them right there with reselling. They're done. So I don't think it's for everyone, but I do think anyone has an opportunity to, to take it on, to do it, to be successful if they want. Uh, but it does take some work. So hopefully uh, this episode uh, got you to see uh, a lot of things that you've been holding on to and maybe it's been holding you back as a seller. Or maybe you're just like, you know, I don't agree with you guys, but I still appreciate that you produce an episode. With that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant and be reselling. Please. Peace.
1: Are you the proprietor of a business selling shaving kits, meal packs, audiobooks or anything else of the sort? Have you failed to tap the market of people who love hearing their favorite comedians talk about their boring lives? What's wrong with you? 57% of US consumers listen to podcasts every month. That's a lot of ears that could be hearing about your brand. Go to podbean.com/brands to learn how it do. That's p o d b e a n.com/brands and you could be the one talking instead of me.